welcome to episode 94 of the Just Bloody Post-It podcast. We're approaching a milestone. I'm Helen Perry and I make this show to support you in the somewhat strange job of promoting yourself and your work on the internet. Thank you for coming, for sharing, for leaving us reviews entirely selfishly. I really, really love to make this show and I'm so glad that a few of you listen. I've heard it said that it can take this long or even longer, we've been on air since May 2021, to work out what a podcast is supposed to be, what you're meant to be talking about. And it feels right that this is evolving to become conversations about all of you, all of us, the bigger picture of making work work and what drives and inspires and challenges us, the hard parts, the joy. And to make this a better podcast. I'm seeking out guests where I would not have previously found them, like on LinkedIn. I started being intentional in about 2019. Since then, I've spoken at LinkedIn twice. I've launched my own podcast. I've quit my job. I've moved cities, you know, left an unfulfilled marriage, quit another job, started a business. Now I employ seven people. LinkedIn has quite literally changed my life, not just from a earning perspective, from a um, financial freedom perspective, from a you know, look how great I have all these followers, whatever, like that's all vanity stuff. But quite literally has changed my life in terms of intrinsically, like I am more confident, more self-assured. I love my life. I love who I am. I didn't have any of that before I started posting content on LinkedIn. And I really can attribute building my personal brand to that as a journey. Like that's what's kickstarted this like life lessons for me. Amelia Sordell is the founder of Clout, a personal branding agency that she launched after blowing up her own personal profile on LinkedIn. She's gained more than 120,000 followers there thanks to her unapologetically frank posts about leadership, work and being an entrepreneur. When people started to ask her, can you help me do this too? Can you help me build my brand? She was like, yeah, I'll show you if you pay me. And her agency was born. You're going to hear exactly what she thinks about life and business in her own words. And some of them are swear words. I just want you to be aware in case you're listening with little people. We cover LinkedIn, what to post there, saying what you think, values, and her big ambitions for clouds. But first, I asked Amelia why personal branding is her superpower. You don't just wake up and go, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. Like the media tells us we do. Like it's the reality is you've got to do some stuff that you don't enjoy doing. You've got to learn what you don't like in order to learn what you do like. So I've had 10 years in the workforce of learning what I don't like in order to get to a place of like, oh, I found my thing, right? It's like when you meet someone and fall in love with them, it's like, oh, how have I been not like looking for this person this whole time? It's like you something clicks, right? And you realize like this is what you're meant to do. Um and I do stand by that. I think if I can like quote my back myself, if that's not an arrogant thing to do. Um, I think this is something along the lines of it's really hard to put in the effort that's required to be successful at something if you don't love what you do. And I stand by that wholeheartedly. Like I've, I was having a conversation with someone the other day where they they were talking about a business idea with me and one of my opinion on it. And they said, oh, you know, I don't really love this stuff, but like, I think like, it's a good opportunity. And I said, so why are you doing it? And they're like, because I want to make money. And I was like, yeah, but if you only want to make money, then why don't you just go and get a job? Like if if it's just about the money, you will never, ever, ever have the get up and go that you need to get through the really hard times, which Helen and you and I both know there are plenty of them. 
to get on the other side. Like if it's just money that's motivating you, there won't be anything intrinsic that keeps you going through those really dark times. Um, so what got me into personal branding? I wish I could say I'm super smart and I saw a gap in the market and I was like, I can fill that gap. The reality is I built my personal brand on LinkedIn unintentionally to start with. And people started DMing me saying, hey, can you give me some advice on how I can build mine? Um, and I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always had that little chip on the back of my head or my shoulder, however you want to describe it, going like, how can we make more money? Is there a little side hustle here? Like I've got a little business on eBay, a little business here, a little business there. I've always had something going on. I'm like one of the, I'm like Del Boy, you know, like there's always something happening in the background. I've always a coat to open with some watches inside. Like that, that's always been my, my thing ever since I was like 16, you know, and old or less than that, even 12, I think I started my first little thing on eBay. Um, and so when people started asking me for advice, I was like, well, like clearly, first of all, I can't be asked to go back to all of you um, in the DMs. So I'll just start talking about it online because I'm incredibly lazy and I like finding the quickest way to do things. Um, and the second thing was, why, why am I not charging people for this? Like if, if people want me to help them, like surely there's an opportunity to make a business here. Um, and so I started posting about content for like, well, post, started posting about personal branding as a concept for maybe like six months. I got headhunted. I then went and did the personal branding thing and the marketing thing for uh, companies within a portfolio at a VC. And then the pandemic happened and I thought, fuck this. I mean, why are they getting paid 50 grand a year to get this company making triple that in terms of the the workshops I was bringing in about personal branding to train the companies on how to get their team to do it? Why don't I just do it by myself? Because I only have to sell one or two workshops a month and I'm already getting paid more than they're paying me. And I was doing like one a week at that point. Um, and so clout was born. Um, hilariously, I was looking back at my WhatsApps the other day and I was, someone asked me, how did I come up with a name for clout? And I went back and looked at my WhatsApps and it was me and a friend just like pinging back all these like ideas back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I found the WhatsApp chat that, that we had where eventually I was like clout and they were like, yeah, that's great. And I was like, cool, registered, done. <laughs> so I'm going to have to share that story at some point. But yeah, I fell into it basically, Helen. You know, uh, that is a good story as well, actually, because it's just like uh, I, I share that approach to naming things or, give, you know, it's just like what works. That's fine. That will do. That's That says enough. It's good enough. People get themselves very tied up in like the right name for their brand and stuff. I don't think it's it's all that important. What then are you teaching people? Tell us about how you stumbled into creating a brilliant personal brand for yourself on LinkedIn. It really wasn't intentional in any way. It, to be honest, it was to prove to my then CEO that it was a good idea um, because I was working for a recruitment agency and inherently recruitment agencies don't bring anything new for whatever reason. Um, and I'm a marketer, right? So I want to do everything new. So it was always this like clash of, of heads. And I'm an ex-recruiter too. So I was coming from a, from a place of commerciality as well. I would sort of discovered along my merry way of posting, you know, a couple of times a week that I was getting more reach on my post than my company brand was. And they had like 50,000 followers at the time. And I had like 1,500. So I was like, something's not adding up here. Um, and so I was like, look, I think this is a good idea. Can we do it? They thought I was stupid. Um, and so I thought, well, instead of asking for permission, I'm just going to ask for like forgiveness <laughs> and do it anyway, which has always been my uh, attitude towards life. Always ask for, for, for permission. And I started posting content and very quickly went from 1500 followers to 8000. And then people started paying attention to me because they're like, OK, well, actually, she she is on something here. And then I got headhunted. Um, so 
the personal branding thing was not intentional to begin with in a sense of I wanted to build my personal brand. It was when I, I wanted to prove that personal branding was a good idea for the recruiters that I was meant to be marketing, right? And inadvertently ended up building a strong personal brand around personal branding myself, which honestly has changed my life, Helen. Like, I think a lot of people think that posting content is fluffy and an ego-driven activity and all these things. I started being intentional in about 2019. Since then, I've spoken at LinkedIn twice. I've launched my own podcast. I've quit my job. I've moved cities, you know, left an unfulfilled marriage, um, you know, quit, quit another job, started a business. Now I employ seven people. Um, it's quite, LinkedIn has quite literally changed my life. Um, not just from a earning perspective, from a um, financial freedom perspective, from a, you know, look how great I have all these followers, whatever. Like that's all vanity stuff but quite literally has changed my life in terms of intrinsically. Like I am more confident, more self-assured. I love my life. I love who I am. I didn't have any of that before I started posting content on LinkedIn. And I really can attribute building my personal brand to that as a journey. Like that's what's kickstarted this like life lessons for me. Uh, there's not many people who will say LinkedIn has changed my life. Maybe they will because they found, it's helped them to find a new job, but not being high profile on LinkedIn. And I have got to admit, I go onto LinkedIn and I feel sad often about the kind of content that I'm looking at. Uh, I'm following you, you now, Amelia. So, you know, things are looking up. But uh, I think, I mean, I think that the platform is wide open for more people to be sharing decent, engaging, personable, honest content what kind of things were you writing about what kind of what works there I think the thing is with personal branding is everyone thinks it has to be like this rigid strategy that can never change like when I first started posting I was literally posting like hey guys I've just read like how to argue with a cat it's a great book like what's your favorite book it it wasn't you know intelligent value-adding content as the concept of which we all know It, it was basically just me being myself in a medium that I enjoyed most which was video I love video. And actually, weirdly, I've kind of gone on this as I've kind of grown the business. I've had less time to do videos. I've done more text posts, which I've discovered that I actually also love as well. But I'm sort of segueing back into video now as a strategy because I just I just love that medium. So there was no real intent intention behind it initially. I just wanted to start. Um, And I think a lot of people wait to for it to all be perfect to start. And my advice is it's interesting that, you know, we're on the Just Bloody Post It podcast. My line is just fucking post it. What's the worst that's going to happen? What? No one likes it? Like, you didn't die. You just posted a piece of content that no one liked. Like, it, it's the, it, this whole thing that we have in our head of like, I must be liked by strangers online. is like such a bizarre concept. And I was that person as well three years ago, by the way. I'm not coming from this navel gazing, like, you must be like me place. But like, I look back on that now and I'm like, bloody hell. Like, why did I care? Like now I'm just like cool you don't like me excellent and now I don't I know I don't want to work with you (laughs) yeah let's get there quickly there is no yeah like you say there's absolutely no point in having that really crap work experience with somebody for a year before you realize what you could have realized very quickly if you'd just been honest about who you are and what your values are and the fact that it's not going to work your personality is a repeller and a knit And that is the greatest gift that you could give yourself is putting that online because it means you will attract who you want to work with and repel who you won't, which means you have less conversations about business because they already want to work with you as soon as you have that conversation because they've already bought into you. And you have to deal with less crap. Like how many conversations are we having right now where 
you're like, oh, that's not a good fit. That's not a good fit. That's not a good fit. Imagine if you could reframe your entire funnel to the, only speaking to people who were bang on who you wanted to work with. And that's what personal branding does. Uh, right. Okay. That was my next question. Why is there so much difference in terms of attracting the right clients between personal brand and having a stonking uh, a business brand? What, what, why is it so much more effective? Look, I, I mean, I can give you some stats, first of all, because I think I think it's really easy for someone like me, you know, got 100, 100 what, 110,000 followers on LinkedIn um, and be like, hey, you must be building a personal brand. Like, look at me, I've done it. The reality is, if you're an individual within a business, a founder, an employee, you have 10x the reach of your company brand online. That's a fact. We also know that brand messages are reshared 24 times more frequently when they're shared by an individual within a business than by the company brand social. That's a fact. We also know that leads that come in through an individual within a business, i.e. founder, employee, convert seven times more frequently than leads from any other source. And we also know that content that's shared by individuals within a business gets eight times more engagement than content shared on company socials, right? So as a factual, statistic-based argument, people buy from people. And that's not just like a fluffy, lovely saying that, you know, some marketer came up with in the 1980s to kind of excuse why they go on golf courses and drink loads of booze with their best clients. The fact of the matter is people buy from people and they've always bought from people, always, right? And somewhere along the way, big businesses decided that they must be on social media because every other company they've got um, competing with them is also on social media. And they've completely forgotten this concept of people buy from people. Now, what I'm saying is not to discredit building a company brand. I invest heavily in my marketing of my company brand, right? Like I spent a lot of money on our internal social media, our internal marketing, our internal websites, like a lot, a lot of money. Because I see the value in having a strong company brand and strong personal brands within that business because I know the workflow of how new clients, new candidates, whatever will come to us is they'll see our content at the first touch point, right? Because I'm in a community, my team's in a community. A brand is not in a community. People are, right? We're a community of people. So we can influence those people from within that community. When that community gets to know who we are as people and sees that we work for a specific company, they will then go and look up the company on the brand ch social channels, on the on your website, whatever it might be. If you're not being active with your brand, your company brand, they will not think that you're a legitimate business. So I always liken a company brand and a personal brand like a backhand and forehand of a strong tennis player. You can have one and be a good player, but if you have both, you'll always win the match. And I think that's where you get like a serious competitive advantage as a business is when you have strong personal brands and a strong company brand. Great examples of that. Great examples of that are things like Tesla, Elon Musk, um, Sarah Blakely, Spanx. Ben Francis and Gymshark. Gymshark's entire business is built on personal branding. Every single person in that business has got a strong personal brand. Um, Huel, Julian Hearn, like I could go on and on and on. If you have one, great, good for you. If you have both, game changing. Who are your ideal clients now? What kind of people are coming to you? What kind of people are you attracting? Very simply, entrepreneurs, leadership, so they might not entrepreneur, they might just be a CEO or not just a CEO, but like a CEO within a business and founders, people that identify as like having started something who have really strong opinions on things, 
um, and they want the world to know about those opinions and experience, or they have, think they have some value that they can add back to the world, and they're not quite sure how to do that. So we always say to people, we're not a personality agency, we're a personal branding agency, and we're basically the, just the distributor of your personality online. Um, you bring us who you are, and we will make sure everyone knows who, who you are, basically. And how do you go about building that strategy for different people? What do you? How, how big is your team now? How do you sit down and work this out when you have somebody come along and say, listen, I know I'm doing all this great work. Nobody knows about it. Nobody knows about me. Yeah. So it always starts with why are you doing this? Because for first and foremost, if you're not really bought into why you're doing this, then there's no point in us helping you. So why are you doing this? Normally it's, uh, oh, marketing told me to. And we're like, cool, go away for six months and come back when you're ready. Like we're not interested in working with somebody who's not going to have any foot in the you know, in the trenches with us on this, we can be a co-pilot with you, but you've got to be the one driving because it's your personality. I can't be in your head reeling off all these experiences and things that you've had. So, you know, wh- why are you doing this is the, is the first thing. The second thing is like, what are your goals? Like, is this for brand awareness? Is this for sales for your business? Is this because you want to hire more people? Is it all of the above, which it normally is? Um, we've had clients come to us who need to raise funding or want to exit at some point. So they want to raise their profile to be able to get more money. So what are the what's the end? What are we aiming for here? Like what's the key, you know, goal that all of this is about for the for initial kind of 12 to 18 month period? And then we kind of get into the kind of semantics of so what do you want to be known for, Helen? What what do you want people to think of you when they come across your content? What do you want people to, in what rooms do you want to be mentioned when you're not there? Like that, like that's the crux of it, right? And normally when we ask people that question, they don't really know the answer, which is very interesting because it's quite a confronting question. Like, like, who are you? That's like, oh, I don't, I don't really know who I am. And so it's kind of almost, you know, we're an agency, but we kind of do a bit of like life coaching, I guess, in there too. Because it's like, actually, what do I want to be known for? And normally what it ends up being is like, you know, a specific part of business or like helping scale people up or leadership or culture or entrepreneurship or employee engagement or whatever it might be. But we kind of nail down sort of two to three things that they want to be known for. And then we start building from there. We start asking them questions around those things. We start curating content around those topics and getting their opinions on it. We start digging into little experiences that will navigate back to those content pillars. And then we distribute those things online. And the easiest way to do that is to basically sit down just for practicality reasons of anyone listening to this. If you go and find a friend or a colleague or someone that you could do this with, and you write down a list of questions related to the content pillars, the things that you would like to be known for. So for context, for me, it is um, personal branding, entrepreneurship and leadership, because that's what I am interested in it's what I'm passionate about and it also plays into the goals in which I'm trying to um you know win new business hire new people and be known as a personal branding expert so it all kind of ties in very nicely with those three things in mind go and bring a list of questions to your colleague to your friend both sit down on a riverside both sit down on a zoom call or a teams or in person if you can hire out studio if you've got the resources to be able to do so hit record and interview each other And if you bring 20 questions to that session, you're now going to have 20 minimum pieces of content you can transcribe, turn into text posts, send to a freelancer on Fiverr, chop up and turn into video content. And boom, you've now got a distribution file to go out with with your first month of content. Personal branding doesn't have to be difficult, but you have to do the intrinsic stuff first, which is like, what do I actually want to be known for? And then you can kind of crack on and start posting but don't be afraid to start posting before you work all that other stuff out because sometimes you have to start posting first to work out what you want to be known for 
Let's take a break so that I can tell you about how to get more of this show, more golden marketing advice, more connection with people who are doing this thing of growing and promoting their work online. I've started a mini membership that gives you exclusive access to just bloody post-it notes, short weekly podcasts that take you behind the scenes in my business. I'll share what I've learned about creating great content, selling things, building products, and what to make of changes in the content marketing landscape, because there's literally always something. It's all happening over on Patreon, and it costs £4 per month, plus VAT, to join the gang at the moment. Come over, I'm relying on you early bird members to show me what you want. That money gets you a podcast per week and a place to chat with like-minded people. Click the link in my show notes. It's easy to see. Let's get back to Amelia. I want to dig a little tiny bit deeper with you on the things that you want to be known for, like personal branding, entrepreneurship, like, but how, like, what is your belief about good personal branding about what on on a deeper level? Like, what do you want to be known for? Genuinely, like if we dig into that, so when we say what do you want to be known for, we always use what we call large themes. So they're themes that are niche enough that will attract a specific audience, but large enough that that specific audience will engage with it with the majority. So we want virality in there because we all know quality is really important, but we need quantity to get the eyeballs and to get the results. If I can be like super vulnerable and super honest, the reason why I want to be known to build a personal brand is because long term, I want to be able to help I want people to look back at, say, like my legacy and think that's the woman that helped create opportunities for people that didn't otherwise have them. And that could be as simple as someone who is a single mom and doesn't realize how valuable she is and through building her personal brand has changed her life. It could be like someone who's on the poverty line and has whole family's been in the poverty line for the last 60 odd years and through building their personal brand on Instagram has managed to create a side hustle that's now become a business where they love their life and they love their job and they're able to like get out of the poverty line. It could be, um, you know, a 65 year old C-level person who hates their job. And through building their personal brand has realized actually what they really love doing is mentoring or gardening or like whatever it might be. But ultimately, building a personal brand is like less about the tactical delivery piece of content creation and more about leveraging who you are as a person to build a reputation which opens doors. Um, And I always say to people, not every door is locked. Push personal branding is the push that you need to open all those doors yeah people are not going to just go oh wow just have this great feeling about you Amelia would you like to start business and you know they're just nobody else is thinking about you you need to force them to think about you and the reason I asked that question about going a little bit deeper is that I just think that's the stuff we sense in people when we're like, I really want to work with them or I really want to get this thing from them when I could choose like 15 other people that offer the same thing. But they will have a sense of what's real. If, you're, if your content is coming from an authentic place and you're taking a few risks with it and being a bit more honest than you might feel comfortable with, people will start to really recognise those those values in you and that's where you make those really truly great partnerships what are what are your values do you have that nailed down I find it hard isn't it as an individual or as a as a company both (laughs) god okay so as an individual I don't think I have like anything like 
in terms of like a line like I, I truly believe but I do believe in sort of you know doing the right thing um and always don't but not doing what's right for you at the expense of someone else and that's some that's a really really important thing to me the kind of if I can be bold as to kind of lay it back to free speech that's very very important to me and I do think to a certain degree there's been a section of society who maybe have hijacked the term free speech to mean something completely different which is I'm going to use this as an excuse basically to berate and degrade and discriminate against a bunch of people which to me is slightly different um but yeah, my my premise of everything I do is I might not agree with your opinion, but I will fight for the death of your right to have one. And that's an environment that I grew up in. And I wish so many more people grew up in that environment because we live in a world currently where if you say the wrong thing, you get cancelled. Um, if you say the wrong thing in front of your friends, they berate you. We live in this black and white world where you and I both know it is not black and white. And I would just love through my potentially inflammatory content sometimes to break that cycle and just be like hey you know we don't have to agree ever (laughs) but we can still respect each other's opinions right like just like I would respect yours you can respect mine even if we don't agree it's like disagree and still be kind of the same thing and I don't know whether that's a value necessarily but it's something that I deeply deeply believe in and if I get up on a stage and you get me hyped up about free speech that's the thing I'll be ranting about into the microphone for like 20 minutes um but we tried to reflect I guess a lot of and maybe this is the wrong way to do it, but I don't know. Um, we tried to reflect a lot of my personal values in the company values because I'm intrinsically aware that people have joined this business, not because it's some big fancy business they can stick on their CV and everyone's going to be like, oh, that's so cool, you worked at that company. They're bought into this business because they're bought into me. And I do think as a founder or an entrepreneur or whoever's the person leading the business, if you don't have a say in what your company values are, then how do you expect people to follow you into battle? Can you remember any of the more uh, candid, risky things that you've posted about, opinions that you've shared that you've gone, oh, I'm not, yeah, give me some examples. I mean, every time I hit post, to be honest, I get a bit, a bit like, Um, and I know, I know when it's going to be a good post when I go, because I'm like, they're kind of the opinions I share around the dinner table with my family. And I know they'll bite back at me. But like, when you share them online, it's like, you know, it's a slightly different kettle of fish. But I believe wholeheartedly that you should be yourself online. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be being true to myself if I wasn't sharing what I actually thought, right? So the first one would probably be, um, I hate, 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 hate this concept of, female entrepreneur and if you if you identify with that great good for you I'm I'm 100% back your your want and desires to identify as a female entrepreneur I personally find it patronizing I find it uh, discriminatory that I have to have female in front of the fact that I'm an entrepreneur I'm not a female entrepreneur I'm an entrepreneur I'm not a girl boss I'm a boss Um, I'm not a female business owner I'm a business owner I've never heard anyone call a man a man boss or a male entrepreneur or a he-e-o. Like, why would I want to sit at a separate table that is gendered when I could sit on a perfectly good table that already exists? And I think it perpetuates this idea that women and men are different in business. We bring different things to the table, but the reality is I can be just as successful as a man doing exactly what I'm doing right now. And putting female in front of entrepreneur just separates me and makes me appear less than as far as I'm concerned. Because when you're talking about things that are gendered like that, what happens is whether it's right or not, if you're sitting in a room full of blokes and you're going, oh, I'm a female entrepreneur, they're just going to think pink, fluffy, like, 
that's what's going to come into their head. I want to be taken seriously as an entrepreneur. And I don't think my genitalia has anything to do with that as far as I'm concerned. When I put that out, my God. And it was all women being like, this is so, I can't believe you said this. And I was like, look, that's cool. If you identify as that, I'm not telling you not to. I'm just saying that I don't. And that's where this whole like free speech thing, I think is really important. Like we're so binary it's hilarious we live in a world that wants to be so fluid but we're so binary in our opinions it's outrageous um but i will always support someone's opinion even if it's against mine i'll be like hey i hear what you're saying but like i don't agree i think that's a really important thing um the other thing is working from home my god who knew that would be so controversial i basically got cancelled on tiktok about three weeks ago for posting about this i know i said i don't think you can build a strong company culture working exclusively from home Every single person that wants to work from home or has a reason as to why they have to work from home, i.e., you know, not as able-bodied, etc., literally were calling me a bully, I was toxic, the worst manager ever, like all these things. And I was like, hey guys, like I'm not saying you should come into an office if you physically can't. I'm not saying you should come into an office if you don't want to. I'm saying if you want to be a part of a high-performing team, in my opinion, I'm not saying it's the right opinion, but it's mine. If you want to be part of a high-performing team and a strong company culture, you need to come and see your colleagues every once in a while. I stand by that wholeheartedly. And the backlash I got from that was unbelievable. I put this stuff out there because I want to have these discussions. I think it's very important that we have these discussions. We get so angry about the most minute detail things. Instead of having like a just general conversation about it, as we probably should, we get just so angry with the other side for not understanding us um, that we actually don't make any progress at all. And if anything, I think it drives a further wedge between two different camps because one camp will be like oh they never listen to what we're saying they're so stupid and the other camp's going oh they never listen to what we say they're so stupid and actually if you both just try to put a bit of effort in to listen to each other and understand each other you would then be understood and we'd all be able to move forward in a much more happy um less angry society but offline and online i think um so those are some of the more inflammatory ones i think <laughs> uh and uh i'm just going to add my my uh, my own feelings there, kids, because actually this uh, podcast has a, a younger audience than than some of the rest of my work, you know, go out into the world, go into the office, meet people, be with other humans that you can learn from. It's the richest, best experience you could possibly have. And it can feel really safe to stay at home and it can feel like the most convenient or cheapest or economical, you know, option, the one that's best for your work-life balance or whatever it might be. Just go in and be with other people. It's the best thing you can do for yourself. This is it. You're in your life. You're in your job. Get out of your house. That would be my, you know. I could not agree with you more. Like, and that, and, and the uncomfortable reality for a lot of people to tag onto that is, and I'm not saying that I do this, but it, it is true. And I'm sure you can agree with me, Helen. If you're not visible to your manager, you will get left behind. And that's the reality. If, if you've got someone who's in your face, top of mind, it's why personal branding is so powerful. If someone's in your face, top of mind all the time, asking for help, coming over to your desk, talking to you, guess who's going to be more up for a promotion if you're both on the same level in terms of output? It's going to be the person that's been in my face every day because they're more top of my mind. So don't be like, don't risk your career and your life and your opportunities and your potential because you just want to be comfortable. And I think a lot of people, and look, I understand the pandemic has created a lot of social anxiety for people where they are actually worried about coming into office. I understand that. You're going to spend your whole working life at home. Like, what is your life? 
Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? I love it. I used to go to work, so when I worked in London, I used to go to work so early. I had to be there often at seven or eight o'clock in the morning. It's the best feeling in the world coming out of Oxford Circus Tube at that time in the day when the whole of London is coming to life. I miss it so much. And I, I did know it was amazing at the time, but I don't know if you ever really fully appreciate anything until it's passed. Anyway, pulling, pulling us back in. Um, LinkedIn is obviously where you've enjoyed your your huge kind of flurry of success and that that real light bulb life-changing moment you mentioned TikTok I came across you on Instagram are you doing all the things Amelia all the platforms all the things yeah (laughs) definitely all the things um I'm not as frequent on Twitter I was for a long time I love Twitter but if I'm honest, I'm just one person. And uh, although I have a team that helps me post on some channels, so Brittany, shout out Brittany, who's like the best social media exec in the world. She posts my LinkedIn content for me. She doesn't like write it. I, everything that's out is my brainchild and I've written, I've created, etc. cetera. Um, but she posts it for me simple, for the simple reason of I have however many social media channels. I have 24 hours a day and a team of seven that I need to manage and clients that I need to work with. It's like physically impossible for me to do everything. And I understand that, which is why clients come to us, right? Because they have the same problem. So they want to pay us to do it for them. Um, but yeah, I'm on TikTok. I'm on, on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I'm on uh, Twitter. I've just launched my YouTube channel, which we're slowly chipping away at. Um, Clout's just launched the social media channel Pinterest as well Pinterest my god is the most underrated social media platform in the world and your podcast your podcast pulling quotes out of your podcast and putting that onto Pinterest as well is massively close to the top of my to-do list yeah it's it's really really underrated um, and yeah like so I'm, I am on all the things the plan is to be on everything by the end of the year and be consistent on everything again like my podcast I'm not consistent enough with it we get very good downloads I mean, Jesus Christ, I don't know how I've managed to wrangle that. But like, I'm, I post like once a month and the downloads are huge. And to be honest, that's probably a big part to do with that. I promote it quite heavily across the month um, on all my channels, but also the guests I get are phenomenal. Um, so that's a great hack for anyone that's thinking of doing a podcast, like leverage your guests network and try and tap into people who have networks that you otherwise wouldn't have access to. And then they will become one of your community as well. But yeah, all the things. My advice would be, though, like if you are starting out on this personal branding journey, like don't go all guns blazing on everything first, because if you don't get it right, that's then 10 social media channels you have to fix. I'd rather you just nailed one where you felt most comfortable. So video is your thing, nail TikTok. If images is your thing, nail Instagram. If thought leadership stuff is your thing, nail LinkedIn first, and then you can start leveraging all the other ones. And a massive, massive, massive uh, growth hack that people really don't or two growth hacks that people really don't leverage enough is one, engaging with other people's stuff. It's not all about shouting at people. You need some engagement to get it. Go and speak to people in other you know, networks, go and comment on other people's, but give them some love and you'll get some love back. Um, and you'll learn something too. And then the second thing is cross-pollinate. So if you tweet, screenshot your tweet and put it on Instagram. If you've posted something on TikTok, save it and put it on LinkedIn so that people learn that you're on other platforms and therefore want to go and follow you on those other platforms, which then grows your audience quicker. Finally, though, I would like to hear a few of your learnings from starting the business. It is not easy to build a business. It's like childbirth. It's one of those things that if you really knew, you would probably never do it. What have you learned? What have you found hard? And what are you learning to overcome so that you can grow up? What I presume you want to be a really big brand. 
Oh yeah, I have almost impossible, impossibly large goals. Like I, I want us to be the IMG of founders and entrepreneurs, basically. Um, and that's like a multi-billion-dollar business. So hey, we're going to be in the way for some time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, and it's intentional, right? I'm, I'm such a, and it's not for everyone, but I'm such a goal-driven person that if my goals aren't that high, I'd, I'd be a bit complacent because they wouldn't scare me, and I'd be like, yeah, I can do that. Um, it's the same with like when we have revenue targets, we miss them every time, but it's because I make them so hard to achieve that it's almost impossible to achieve them. <laughs> so things that I've learned, God, like I don't know anything, I think is the first thing. Like when you launch a business, you think I'm an expert in this, so I'm going to launch a business business in it. And then you actually launch the business and go, bloody hell, I know nothing. And I think the more you can kind of stay in that space of I know nothing, the more you learn and the more you learn, the more you learn that you know nothing. And then it kind of helps build sort of this skill set that helps you kind of navigate all kinds of the situations that you inevitably go through running a business like you know things that you could never predict or learn from a textbook come up it's like a real life MBA right running a business it's 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 intense um so I know nothing is definitely one of them um I think also to like not be such a control freak because when it's your business it's it, as you said it's like childbirth it's your baby right and handing the control of your baby over to other people who, although you trust and you've hired and you're paying and they've been vetted and all this kind of stuff, it feels like giving your child to someone that you don't know. So that like the anxiety I had for many, many, many months, you know, it wasn't really until May this year that I went, here you go, take, take it without my permission or. It's the only way it can happen though, isn't it? It's the only way that you can get anywhere near those targets that you're hoping to reach by giving people some space to go with it and not have to check with you all the time that everything's okay 100 percent. the best advice i was ever given why well, i shout out i'll have to send this pod when it comes out to uh to him but rob bridgman the founder of snug sofa um great business and, and great guy said to me that um businesses will either outgrow the founder or the founder will outgrow the business and he said quite often the founder's skill you know taking on an ability to grow will always be behind the growth of the business and therefore everything will always bottleneck at the founder unless you just give it away Um, and that always stayed in the back of my mind and in May this year where I basically almost ended up in hospital because I was so burnt out from literally controlling everything it wasn't really about the output it was just the control thing I was just so exhausted from having to always you know be approving stuff and tweaking stuff and and I got on to the Friday and I was flying on the Friday night and I had four days worth of work left to do before before going on my first proper holiday since launching clout where I was meant to be just switched off and I was faced with the decision of either I have to work for half my holiday with my children which is going to be impossible so I have to do it when they're asleep which means I'll be into like one two o'clock in the morning like whatever or I can go take it if it goes bad you'll learn if it doesn't great like whatever and so I did the the latter and I'm so glad I did and not to me personally but everyone on my team is like taking me aside like in some separate capacity and gone you're like a different person now like you're a different leader you're a better leader you're more empathetic you're more um focused you have more clarity you've got more time for us like we're so happy you did that because it's not just for us because we, we you know we're still chugging along doing our thing but like in terms of the growth of the business and like helping them get to where they want to go I've just become a much better leader as a result of like relinquishing control and 
I know every single person says that that runs a business, but really listen to me and hear me when I say delegate, like give it away, give it to people who are smart, they'll figure it out. And worst case scenario, it's not life or death, is it? Like no one's going to die by you giving away some of your control. So do it sooner than you think you need to, definitely. Don't end up in here in hospital like I did. What's on the agenda for the next year or so? You must, I know you've got big long-term goals, but what are your short-term ones? Oh my God, so much. So short-term goals, we're hiring three people. So it'll be a team of 11, I think, September, which is pretty cool. We'll probably be 13 by the end of the year. So that's what, I mean, headcount to me is insignificant. I love it when I see posts on LinkedIn and we're like, we're a team of this. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't mean you're profitable. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Maybe I should do a post that'll be quite inflammatory. The kind of bigger goals around that is kind of pinning, pinning back to what I said earlier about wanting to help people at scale. We are reassuringly expensive, Helen. And by reassuringly expensive, I mean very. Not everyone can afford us. And that's perfect. That's exactly what I want. I want people to have to make a really hard decision when working with us because what we do is very good. However, that means that there's a lot of people that don't get to have help from us and I know we can help a lot of people so we're working on as I said this kind of like lower cost high high margin high volume um, product which means that every single person can afford it um, to basically help build their personal brand so that's exciting is that like a, a learning product that kind of thing online learning it's going to be a subscription product that basically like tells them what they should be posting which is almost the biggest blocker for most people and gives them like a free personal branding strategy. But we're also bringing out a ton more product lines. So like we're going to be a one-stop shop for personal branding. So we're doing, we've introduced websites, we're introducing PR, we're introducing talent management, podcast production, podcast booking, like literally everything you can put, photography, everything you can think of that falls into the ghostwriting, into the remit of personal branding, we do. Um, and we've always done it, but we've never really advertised. People just kind of pigeonholed us as a social media agency because we were so busy growing, kind of didn't really pay any attention to it. So it's now like marketing ourselves, like the holistic, you know, IMG. I keep going back to that reference, IMG of, of, of entrepreneurs. And then the next thing on from there is we're going to launch a charitable foundation, um, which, well, I say foundation, it's going to be a not-for-profit arm of clout where we will take some of the proceeds and some of the profits from our profitable sides of the business reinvest them back into this project where we will help underprivileged, underemployed, um, underconfident people basically learn from really awesome people who've made it and can look up and see people that look like them, speak like them, act like them in a position where they never thought they could possibly be. Um, And that is what I want Clout's legacy to be, is like building people up and giving them the confidence they need in order to get the opportunities they need, in order to push those doors down. So yeah, lots going on. I'm going to let you go. You've got, because you're really busy. Thanks, <laughs> getting, getting all that stuff done. Tell me, has that got you thinking about being bigger and bolder about what you say online, about bringing your whole self to your content in the way Amelia does? I think that can be especially hard on LinkedIn, for me anyway, because you always feel like your boss is watching, even when you don't have a boss. But if you can be more you, it cuts through the bland, I think. The membership episode of Just Bloody Post-It this week is about diversification in the cost of living crisis. Do we respond by redesigning our products and offers or not? It's available to listen to now if you click the link in the show notes and you can catch up on last week's notes about how my recent course launch went. Selling secrets in that one. Thank you always for listening. I'll be back next week. Bye for now.